familiar verse of scripture. Amen. One of the first messages I ever preached in all my life. Amen. When God called me, it was Luke the 15th chapter. And I'm not going to preach like I preached that day. But probably worse. <laughs> Amen. But uh, verses number 8 through 10, 15, 8 through 10, the parable of the lost coin. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently till she findeth it. And when she hath found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And I want to preach for a while tonight with the help and grace of God. The missing peace. The missing peace. Really, I, I want to say this with all my heart and sincerity. I think that most of us have lost a piece of something. Something that and we really richly had when we first received the Holy Ghost. The missing piece. I've never, I've never preached on these lines that I want to preach tonight for a while. But uh, when I began to think about the missing piece, it was ten coins. It was ten coins. I thought, well, Lord, each one of them coins must represent something. If I just knew what they represented... But the thing of it was she lost one. And it kept her from being that which she needed to be because she was one short of ten. The missing coin. I hope that God some way tonight can reach down and touch our hearts with his word. God of heaven, what a privilege it is to approach your throne of grace asking for mercy. Help us, O oh God, to recover. God, all oh Lord, that we have entitled, Lord, to your word. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us tonight. Let your word be brought forth, God. Anoint thy servant. He's unworthy to be anointed. Touch, Lord, my lips, Lord. Give your people ears, Lord, where they may hear. And God will humbly praise. We'll give thee all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to turn, first of all, into the book of Revelation, the second chapter. And... Uh, I want to talk about the Ephesus church. And of course we know that the book of the Ephesus church was set up in, in the book of Acts. But in Revelation, the second chapter, uh, starting with verse number one, to the church of Ephesus, unto the angel, and uh, I heard a man say one time many years ago in the Bogalusa conference in Louisiana, he's speaking about these angels. He spoke that they are the leadership or the pastor of a church. And uh, whether this is true or not, but he said unto the angel of the church, or to the one that was in charge of it, of Ephesus, with these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in the right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labors. And... Uh, if we would look into history for a few minutes, we'd find out this was a, a great providence of Asia. It was a very, it was a people that was a very, history declares it as a very proud people, a very rich people. And, uh, you know, I have found out a long time ago that 
people who have means it seems like that they are the poorest people when it comes to doing the things for God and uh, I've said many times I think we need to baptize the wallets first and them individuals especially and put them down under and uh, I've seen those that have and had a lot of uh, means of this world but yet when it comes to spirituality to giving to God or to the work of God seemed like they was very scarce in this and if they did give they wanted to control everything and uh, but uh, I've always said that thank God for poor people and I think that's about 99% of all of us and uh, but anyway this was a rich people they were very rich they had a lot of things going it seemed like their way in fact the Lord commends them and uh, he, he spoke of them as proud people the rich very busy people it was a seaport and a population even in them days around 225,000 one of the seven wonders of the world was there in the city of the temple of Diana and uh, and it was uh, an unusual city because uh, you know every one of us let's just be honest with ourselves we love to have praise we love for someone to say man you're doing a great job I mean you did a beautiful job this is wonderful this is great and God has a way of telling us this but then he seemed like he waits to the end you know and then he says well but you could be this or you should be like this and uh, but this is uh, let me let me just talk to you for a while I get in my bearing and that God wants to uh, use me here a little while I know thy works and thy labors and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil I mean man he commended them he gave he gave praise to Ephesus and uh, God so beautifully began to praise them in verse number two and three he began to praise their works they was a working people I know thy works in other words they were they were um, God-fearing people they worked you know, really, there's, let's just let's say this to us tonight, that there's not a one of us that would not donate a lot of time to the perfecting of the work of God. I mean, like uh, grooming it or making sure that the house of God is, is beautiful or to work. I know myself, I mean, I, we work many hours. I, I spend many hours around this place in order to keep it like it needs to be. And every one of us would do the same thing. It's not a one. I don't think there's one on the sound of my voice that wouldn't donate or give a lot of time. And most of the ladies do to make sure that, that the edifice is, is beautiful. And uh, that it's not dirty and it's not filthy, but yet clean and presentable and, and uh, to the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord, he's commended them here. He's saying, I know thy works. And, uh, but yet there was something missing in this church. Even though they was a working people. They was a concerned people. They were a proud people. They, was, they, they loved God in their way. They loved God. Amen. And uh, let's look a little farther. The Bible said, I know thy works and thy labor. They, they was hardworking people. They was not uh, slothful people. They was not uh, uh, people that didn't want to work. But they was people that wanted to work. And by patience, man, they were people with patience. Now, that's something that's almost in the opposite of what we live in today. It's hard to find a person with patience, you know. And, uh, you know, it's strange to go into an area or to a place where, in the area where we live here, everything is so fast. I mean, you almost got to hit it on a run. 
And if you don't, well, you'll get run over. Just try it sometime, getting on the freeways and so forth. You better get with it, or if you don't, you'll get hit. You'll get run over. But in a, in a small town, I mean, they go so slow. They could care less. It just does I mean, really, there's just a lot of patience. And, and God commended the church of this large monopolist uh, of people, population of people, of 225,000 people, but yet he tagged them as being patient. The, the people of God were patient people. So he was commended them. He really was commended them, but uh, in, so in patience. And the uh, Bible speaks of patience, and, and uh, well, I'll tell you what, we're living in an hour where every one of us needs another dose of patience. I really do believe that. And, uh, but they took a stand against evil also. They were, in other words, they were holiness people. How thou canst bear them which are evil. In other words, what is he saying here? He's saying, you hate that which is evil. You love that which is of God. And you know, don't we all fall into the same category to an extent? We fall, we all fall into the same category. I mean, if you really love God, like I was talking to Brother Patrick, our missionary to uh, Micronish Islands, he'd been with me the last couple of days, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. And and uh, uh, he was talking about the islands, the work of the islands, and so forth. But uh, uh, I told him, I said, you know, I said I never realized the true value of uh, seeing through the eyes of God. I said, until about a year or so ago when God began to deal with me, he said, you'll never learn to love me till you look through my eyes and see love and see sin like it is and hate sin. You'll never hate sin till you look through my eyes and see what I see and where it takes you and what it does to an individual through the eyes of God. That's the reason why some people say, well, man, uh, he must have a, a terrible spirit when he's preaching about something. No, but... I wonder what God sees about this. You've got to look through the eyes of God and hate what God hates and love what God loves. And um, he said, yeah, Brother Davis, he said, I never thought of it quite like that. And I said, that's the way it is. And I said, so this people here, let me just bring it to you tonight. This people here hated evil. I mean, I remember in days of old, uh, Man, I mean, just anything that was contrary to the work of God, the things of God, I mean, they'd throw you out of the house of God. There were no questions asked. It didn't matter who you was or what you was. And uh, they loved the house of God, the things of God. And so here was a people, the Ephesus people, they hated evil. And uh, they had a lot of beautiful attributes. And uh, let's go just a little bit farther. They had patience. How thou canst not bear them which are evil? Thou hast tried them which they say that they are apostles, and they are not, and you found them liars. And thou hast borne, even thou hast, and thou hast borne and hast patience in my name's sake, hast labored, and thou hast not fainted. In other words, what they was, they were steadfast. They were diligent. They were, they were strong. They was willing to fight for that which they, they loved so dearly. But yet there was something that was wrong. There was a peace missing in their life. You know, could it be that, that many of us say, well, we love God, but we love God on our measure and our ways. And so we, we love God as long as everything is going right. Nothing betrays us or nothing goes against us. 
You know, it's easy to live for God as long as you see the miracles and the, the healings and, and all the, the blessings of God. Being the richest people in all the world, I mean, as far as that ever seemed like everything that you need, God just opens the door and gives it to you. Anybody can live for God in them circumstances. But to love God when it seemed like everything goes wrong and there's nothing that seemed like goes right. And so evidently there was, there was something that began to disturb John and, and the God of heaven as John began to write of the church of Ephesus. And then he put it this way. He said, Thou hast borne and thou hast patience for my name's sake. Hast thou labored and thou hast not painted. Thou hast worked hard. Give it all. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast set it aside. And uh, let me just put it this way. Let me put it. They had lost their love somewhere down the road. Did you ever realize that I heard a man standing in line today. He said, he said, you know, when you get older, he said, I've always played baseball all my life. And uh, he was talking to me, he played sports and baseball. And he said, now since I've got older, he said, when I start running to the first base, he said, I really do believe they're moving it back. Because it takes me so long to get to the first base. It's not as short as what it used to be. Somebody's moving it, you know. And so what he was saying with things is differently, even though it's be just the same, but yet something has changed. And this is what I want to preach to you tonight by the help and grace of God. I mean, we labor, we love God, we worship God, but yet we lack something. What is that which we lack? I mean, we become so offended so quickly. We become hurt so quickly. We want to walk away from our love, or our obligations of God so quickly. This is what this is what begins to disturb me as I begin to pray and I begin to seek the Lord that that there's something missing somewhere we lost it down the road somewhere. I mean, if we if God doesn't do everything that we feel like that He should do, well, then we become uh, dissatisfied. I mean, if it gets too hot or too cold, or the seat gets too hot, hard, Amen, or the song's wrong, or the if wrong preacher's preaching. You know, a lot of us have preacher religion. We come when we feel like, well, so-and-so is going to be here. or That should not be the reason why you come to the house of God. The house of God should be your first priority of your love of all things. It should be the gateway to heaven. It should be everything. It should be that which is more important than anything in the world. The house of God should be. It should not be, it should not be just because of who we are, what God has done for us but because of where he has brought us from. Amen. Let's go a little bit farther here. Somewhere down the road, amen, somewhere along the way, we've lost something. And I wonder really what that really is. I mean, we'd rather go visit one another than to do anything else. There's nothing wrong with visiting one another. There's nothing wrong with fishing. But when you fish, when you should be in the house of God, or when you put things above God or the ways of God, there's something wrong. I remember when I first came here, I had mentioned the word hunting. And uh, the song leader said he went out and went hunting. And, but I felt God. He said, I really felt God. 
and it was on a Sunday and I really felt the Lord and uh, and I wanted to, I was I hadn't been here just a couple of weeks I said I wish he'd hush because he's pushing me now and after he sat down I said I want to tell you all something I said there was only two hunters in the Bible Nimrod and Esau and God hated both of them Amen. Now that's hard, but that's Bible. Amen. But you see, some things become more valuable or more uh, honorable than the house of God or the love of God. Other things, other things, you know. I mean, it's hard for me to understand why a person would backslide over a child or a young person. But because Johnny or Mary didn't get treated so and so well, Man, I tell you what, when I went to church and the pastor told mom and daddy I'd done something wrong and I'd, I'd try my best to get out, I said, no, 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 you, you, that's not right, you know. And, and dad said, well, you get a whipping anyway. Just for the times that you didn't get caught and you was guilty and you didn't get it, so now if you're not guilty, you're going to get it anyway. So it wouldn't make no difference. It didn't make no difference. Now we want to lecture them. Now we want to say, well, we want to find out who hit who and, and who started the situation. And Sin said, man, I'll tell you what, I don't know what happened, but my, I know mine was just right in the midst of it as much as what yours was. And it's not going to separate us between loving God or the ways of God. Amen. Because I know what children are. Children will make up where parents will get mad at one another. That's right. I've seen children loving on each other and mom and dad and other mom and dad about ready for a fist fight. I mean, just going to Fist City over something because that they just wasn't done right and little John and Mary done made up over that situation, you see. But in the days of old, the old timers and so forth, they loved, they loved their children, but they didn't spare nothing either. And that's the reason why probably a lot of it is because I'm in the house of God today because there was some discipline and, and so forth that was brought down. Now, I want to tell you what. Now, let me I'm come back to my message. Now, we've missed something. There's, we've got a missing link out somewhere. You see, like the woman that had lost one of her coins. She didn't lose it all. She just lost a part of it. And she wasn't happy until she found that other part of it, you see. Now, this is what I, I want to bring tonight by the help and grace of God. I feel God wants to talk to us. I think there's something lacking within us when we let our feelings or any situation separate us from the love of God. Amen. We become impatient. Here in the book of Revelation, this church was beautiful. I mean, they had patience. They had works. They had everything that they could have had. But yet they was, he said, you just lost your love. That's all. It's just There's no really deep love for God, you know. Let me go just a little bit more. I just hit a couple things. You know, we want to, I mean, we, we're living in a generation, I mean, we want to go play more than we want to have a prayer meeting. We got other, I mean, we want to do something else. I mean, there's nothing wrong with playing. I mean, I mean, now you're looking at a man who likes play too. I mean, I mean, I've always been that way. But uh, there's times that the playing's got to be set aside. I remember the time that this book was so rich to me that, man, I just couldn't put it down. 
I've heard people say, oh, I got this novel. And this novel was, it was, uh, it was so great. And I just couldn't put it down. And it was wrote about Esther somebody, or I'm talking about Bible characters. I'm not talking about love stories. And, and I mean, if you read them, you need to pray through anyway. You done lost something. And uh, all you're going to read about is John's other wife and John's other girlfriend and how this and that and the other and so forth. And get your mind all filled up full of junk and, and be all contorted. You don't know which way you're going or coming. Amen. Amen. There's something wrong with us when we desire to do other things more than what we do to love God. Amen. That's what I'm trying to bring to you tonight. You see, the, the Lord was speaking to John on the Isle of Patmos. He said, speak to the angel of the church and said, I see their works and I see every, all their patience. I see their, their great spirit of all the things that they do, but they just absolutely lost their love, you know. You know, I've always said of a, of a couple that it seemed like all they want to do is just fuss and fight at one another. I've always said, there's one way to stop a fight. Put a baby in the house. Get your attention off of each other. And that little one will get all the attention. And then you won't, you'll forget about it. And then you'll begin to ask the other to help you and so forth. And, and then the love will be spawned back to the place where it was originally. Now I want to tell you the reason why a lot of times the church yin-yangs and so forth is because there's no babies in there. Come on now, I'm preaching to you. I'm in a lower voice now, but I want to tell you something. God's trying to deal with us tonight. When there's new babies in the congregation, I mean, you're trying, just like everybody, you're trying to burp them, you're trying to help them, you're trying to encourage them. But when there's no babies around, I mean, man, you're cutthroating one another. Come on now. <laughs> That's the truth. You know I'm telling you the truth. And there's something wrong with the love that you have, you know. I mean, let's just face it. We've been married almost 35 years. We'll be this year. And I have never, I've never tried to cut down or never tried to cut my wife down. You never hear me, heard me ever say that I didn't like this or she should have done this or she should have done the other. Because I love her. You see, you don't, you don't hurt somebody you love. It's impossible. I mean, you just don't get mad at your finger and cut your finger. I don't like you finger and cut it off. I knew a little girl one time. She wasn't getting no attention. She had three brothers, and they was getting all the attention. And she and she's mad. I mean, mom and dad paying all the attention to the three boys, not paying attention to the little girl. So she got up in a tree and fell out of the tree and broke her leg so she could get some attention. She walked on a cast for months and months and months and months and months because she wanted some attention. I wonder if we, any of us ever fall in that category. We walk around with a long nose and a stiff neck because we want to get some attention. There's something wrong with us. Amen. Now, you can classify this whatever you want to tonight, but this is what the Lord wanted me to bring to you. In Revelation, the Bible said that they was, they, they was, he commended them, but yet there was something that was wrong with them. And he put it so beautifully, he said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. I've heard people say, well, I like to, I like to be different, but I don't know what to do. Well, repent. Amen. That's where it's at. A godly sorrow work of repentance. Amen. When, uh, uh, when you'd rather be loafing and, and witnessing, working for God, uh, there's something wrong. Amen. 
Amen. When we want to play, instead of going to a prayer meeting or something, we've we've lost something that we've lost our coin. That's exactly what it is the the beautiful coin of identification of who we are. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. I want us to go back into the text that I read here tonight in the 15th chapter of the book of St. Luke. And starting with verse number 8. Either what woman have 10 pieces of silver. One, one commentary put it this way. He said that they, they, spoke out, they, they started saving with a small coin in order to obtain a big coin. It took a lot of savings. It took a lot of work in order to obtain the piece of silver. And I've heard some people say it was a diary. It was something that was that they could give to the one that they would marry. That was the worth, you know, like what we used to call a hopeless chest. And I call it that. They call it a hope hope chest. I call it a hopeless chest. And uh, because if if you married somebody because of a hope chest, I mean, you didn't have much love in your heart. That's right. And uh, you don't marry someone because of what they drive or who they are or how they dress. You, you, you love them or you marry them because you love them. Amen. And so here was a woman that, that she had ten pieces of silver. Amen. And, and she had something that was very valuable. And so that's what it typifies the Holy Ghost is something so valuable. But she lost one piece. And um, so... Uh, let me just put it this way. She didn't love it like she needed to love it or she wouldn't have lost it. I, you know, it's, it's sad when you get older, you forget where you put something. My mother would hide a little bit of money back for a rainy day and, she, and it would rain a few days in between and she done forgot where she put it. I heard one man say that his... Uh, uh, they don't go to church here or anything, but this, this man said that his wife's people was very rich people, and they was very forgetful people. And he said, when they die, he said, I'm going to tear that house apart two by four by two by four to find that money. <laughs> now, maybe I'm the only one. I, I never realized I'd ever come to the day that I forgot where I put something, you know. I know I got it, but I don't know where it's at, you know. Now, this is what happened to this woman. Here. She had something that was so valuable, but when she really, the coin wasn't lost. She was the one that lost the coin, you see. Real salvation is never lost. The plan of God is never blinded from a person's eyes. God will always open up and say, this is the problem or this is the situation. Amen. I've always said that, that when you get down to pray, especially if you hadn't prayed for a while, put your notebook down there where you're praying so that when the devil says you didn't do this and didn't do that and the other and so forth, that you can write down all this. Say, Thank you so much and write it all down. I'll take care of it when it's over with. And here was, here was something that was so valuable that was lost. It was just one part of it now. I told you that I broke my watch, but the watch is not broke. It's just one link in the chain that's broke. And so the watch is no good because I can't wear it because it's got a link broke in it. If, the, if it's just one little link, that's all it is. Just be, if it was just that one link fixed, then it wouldn't be, I mean, it wouldn't be broke, you see. 
It's like this one here. Everything was so complete, but just one little, one little thing, you know, just one little defect, just one little speck of something that wasn't as it needed to be. And if that is the situation in your life, what you need to do is take care of that thing. And you need to bring back that fullness, that full joy, that, that full love that you used to have for God. Amen. Let me go a little for you. I've wrote a few things down here I want to. Um, uh, somewhere in, in, in loving God, we lost a piece. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't shout like I used to. Do you shout like you used to? Do you cry like you used to? Do you moan like you used to? Do you groan like you used to? Do you pray like you used to? Do you fast like you used to? Now you answer that one. Now there's something wrong. I mean, who draws you away from this thing? It certainly wasn't God that draws you away from it. But because of a lack of use and the, and, and the value of that which that God gave us, you see. I mean, I remember, man, uh, I could care less what anybody thought. And still, I feel the same way. And, uh, but sometimes it's just something so small that it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Let's, let's go into a few things here tonight. Amen. In other words, somewhere in the midst of loving God, uh, we lost a piece of it. And uh, let me just put it this way. The Lord says, if you love your wife, you know, some people say, well, I just can't go to church because of my wife. I just can't live for God because of my husband. I just can't live for God because of my children. I've heard others say, I can't go to God because of so-and-so sits in the church. And they always have excuses, you know. I could go to church if it wasn't for this or that. You see, it's the link, what I'm talking about. There's a, there's, there's a coin that's lost. There's something lost. You should be able to go to church, husband, no husband, wife or no wife, children or no children. Amen. Job or no job or whatever it may be, the love of God. He said to love him with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind and strength, everything that's within us. The real love of God. Amen. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go slow. I want you to grasp something here tonight. Somewhere in your loving God, we, we've lost a little piece of it somewhere. You know. And we don't really realize that we've lost it. And until we begin to, little things begin to eat at us and bother us and, and pester us, you see. Now, a, a fly can be on me all day long as long as he don't start walking. And when he walks, well, then I realize he's on me. And a mosquito can light on me. I mean, he's fine. I mean, I won't know he's there until he puts a stinger in me. And so many times that we walk with God, and, and not until we really find that we've lost a part of the evidence of what we really should be in God, until something wakes us up. Until some tragedy comes or we feel like that, man, we lose our temper, so to speak, then we realize that we lost a piece somewhere that we didn't used to have this, you see. Everybody say, praise the Lord. I don't expect you to run tonight. I just want to talk to you. We're talking about a lost piece now. We're talking about a lost coin. We're talking about something that was lost. Let's go a little bit farther. Somewhere in the midst of loving, we... we, we uh, 
we, we got sidetracked somewhere. Amen. I mean, sometimes it's, uh, uh, we, we put even a little entertainment and so forth before really the things of God. But I want to tell you something tonight. He must be first. Everybody say first. Turn to Isaiah 51 and 1. I want you to read one scripture for me tonight. He's got to be first in our life. We've got to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength. He's got to be first. Amen. Above kin people. Above everything. I know some of you think this is boring as, as trying to eat hot sauce at a Mexican place and you don't like it. Amen. God help us. God help us to recover I don't want to wait till that day that, that when he says, you, really, you say you love me, but you really didn't love me. You lost something there. You know, we lost something. Some things that cause us to be sidetracked. Read Isaiah 51.1. Something causes us to be sidetracked. I wonder who caused it. Because of our laxness. All right, go ahead, son, read. Hearken to me. Hearken to me, the Lord saying. Ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord. Ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewed. Look unto the rock which ye are hewed. And to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. All right, I want you to go back just for a minute. Look to the rock. We should look to the rock for everything that we have need of. First. If it's friendship, I don't want all kinds of friendship. Some friendship will damn your soul. You say, I hadn't got a friend. Sometimes it'd be better not to have a friend, be lost and be damned, than to have all kinds of friends and be lost. I want the right kind of friend. If we need friendship, we need to seek to the rock of God. Amen. For the rock of our salvation. We need to climb upon that rock like I was preaching the other night. Amen. We need to bring ourselves to that place to be where in the cleft of the rock where he's at to stand with him and then while we're on the rock then we realize what the Lord out of the pit of the hole that the devil hath brought us from I want you to read the latter part of that again son I want you to grasp this and to the hole of the pit and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged which ye are digged which you've come out of I don't want to go back where I was at. I heard my daddy say years ago, he said, he said someone said, go back. He said, go back to what? He said, I don't have no friends. I've been in this thing almost 40 years. I don't have no friends. All I've got is my brothers and sisters in the house of God. He said, I don't have no kin folks, only the kin folks in the house of God. Now, I want to tell you what, this gospel is a separation gospel. Amen. When my mama died, amen, my dad's people didn't think a whole lot of this salvation. I promise you they didn't. They was everything that could be possible and so forth. They didn't think a whole lot of it. And when mama died, and there was nine on my dad's side of the family, there was not one that went to the funeral home or to the funeral. There was not one. And you know what they said? They said, we loved Rob, but they called her Rob all the time. Her name was Roberta. She said, we loved her, but her God and her religion, we just can't cut. You know, it doesn't matter now. I mean, it's, she done got it over there now. 
You see, you say, well, I'm lonely. I want to tell you what, you need to get acquainted with some other lonely people that love God that's in our congregation. Amen. Love to just get out to an old time prayer meeting and pray and love God. Not trying to be super spiritual or nothing else, but just loving God. Amen. When I come into this thing, I want to tell you what I did. Some of you need to try sometime. After you get praying to the sinner, start praying for one another. And just keep praying for one another. At about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, you'll find out there's a lot of joy there. But if nobody don't come to the altar to pray, we feel like we haven't got anything to do, so the job's not for us to do. But we need to turn around sometimes and start praying for one another. Amen. Sometimes we, we come in too quickly and leave too. We forget where God has brought us from. I remember when I first got into the church and we had a prayer room and I, and I can't wait till we build a new building where we use the old sanctuary for a prayer room. And, uh, but uh, I left that prayer room and, I, and, and God is my witness. I looked like I'd been in a wrestling match somewhere. My shirt tail was out. I was ringing wet with sweat. I mean, I was wet clear down to the bottom of my pockets. Ringing wet in that place. I mean, they was a praying and loving God and seeking God. Amen. The Holy Ghost in that place. Miracles happened in that place. I couldn't begin to tell you all the things. And all of what happened was when people got, got tired of praying or the others quit praying, if a sinner quit praying, they just said, well, let's just pray a while. And they just started praying, loving God, praying for one another. Sister Davis can, can, can join with me in them. I remember that was the days when the, the high heel spikes was like the iron, you know, this down. And every once in a while she'd take her shoes off, she'd come home, and I felt so sorry for her. Her feet was beat to a pulp. I mean, with them iron holes from them spike heels, she'd get too close to somebody. I mean, we didn't care. She didn't care less. Didn't matter. Bruise on the leg, so what? Bruise. I mean, we got it good, you know. I mean, it was, it was done beautifully. Amen. It just didn't matter. Amen. We got we got prayed with somebody and we got prayed with somebody else. I mean, it was it was just well. I mean, it was just a thing to do. I mean, that's just the way it's brought into this thing. I was brought into this thing praying with somebody else. Maybe that's the reason why God lets me. I, I love to pray with people because I just well, we just prayed for one another. Just prayed for one another. Lay hands on the shoulders of each other, women to women, men to men, and uh, and just and just have a good time in the Holy Ghost. What's wrong with that? Amen. I'm talking about the sanctuary. If you can't do it here, don't do it up there. Amen. Well, glory. You see, we've lost something. We come in in a hurry and leave in a hurry. We're the first ones to leave. Amen. We're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the first ones in. Amen. And, and we're, the, we're the last ones in the la and the first ones to go. There's, there's something that uh, God help us. Everybody say, God help us. God help us to open our eyes. Amen. Amen. And so we need to look to the rock and, and we've got to remember the, the hole which that we have come forth. Amen. What he was speaking about in Revelations 2 and 5, he was telling the Ephesus church, he said, it's time to start over. And uh, uh, the prayers of old is not as, as valuable or as essential as it was in the days of old. Amen. As they are now. The fast days, the travailing of the soul, the tenderness of tears, the sobbing uncontrollably. How long has it been since you have just wept just so uncontrollably that I remember I remember one time my sister came to the church and, 
and uh, I said, Brother Craft's church. I never will forget it. And uh, she was going to be there that morning, and, and I had prayed so long that God would reach down. She's a backslider that God would touch her. And she hadn't been in the church for years and years and hadn't been in the church since, only at Dad's funeral. And uh, I, uh, I, I walked up on the platform, and my eyes were solid red. And I wept. I wept all night, the night before, all day. And uh, I, I thought, I literally thought my heart was going to break. I really thought it was going to break. And finally the pastor walked over to me. I'll never forget what he told me. He said, now Brother Davis, he said, let's lay it in the hands of the Lord. He said, don't go no farther. Don't go no farther. You've wept long enough. How long has it been since someone said, you've wept long enough? How long has it been since the travail, the love of God? The, I mean, in our altar service, it should be this week and next week that when somebody comes to the, uh, when the, when the last part, we should just start weeping and sobbing. Amen. Let me just share something with you. Let me just blow you off your seat right quick. The Spirit and the Bride says, come. How many believe that's the Word of God? Now, what's the Spirit? That's the Holy Ghost. Now, are you the bride? Or are you not the bride? The bride has compassion with the Spirit of God to bring the sinner. The Spirit and the bride says, come. The Spirit draws and the bride makes it preparation for it. For the, for the marriage ceremony. You say, well, how can I do this? By creating an atmosphere, a real atmosphere. I remember, I remember in days of old when, when an altar call was given, I mean, it was just, I mean, a, two boxes of Kleenex wouldn't have been sufficient to wipe the tears out of the people's eyes. I remember they saying one time they got an old boy to come to church, and he wouldn't go pray. And the man said, yes, you're going to go pray. We prayed too long to get you here. So he tried to leave. And so they blocked under the seat, in front of the seat. And the side said, I said, you ain't going nowhere. You're praying. Well, that may not be the perfect tactic in order to use. But yet, they, they want, didn't want that boy to get out of that place until they had prayed through to the Holy Ghost. We should have that compassion in our heart that, I mean, I got him here. God, do something. Amen. And you know, let me just put it this way. As long as they're related to me, I've got a great burden. But if there's somebody else, I hadn't got that burden. But why can't we have a burden for one another? Well, glory, I'm mingling a lot tonight. But I'm telling you what, there's a, there's a piece missing somewhere. There's a piece missing. Amen. <clears throat> He said to start over. Revelation in the Ephesus church, you need to start over. Where are the prayer meetings of old and that, that they took? And, and uh, I remember when the, the sound system first came out. And the sound system wasn't directed like it is here in this building. They put windows on the side and they set them, them on the window ledges where the neighbors could hear. And all you ever heard was just what was coming here. But the neighbors out there was wanting. They want everybody in the country to hear what was going on. Amen. They wasn't ashamed that there was an old time apostolic church. Amen. They wasn't ashamed of it. 
let's go just a little bit farther here the fast days the travail of the soul how long has it been since you travailed and and the tenderness of tears and the sobbing uncontrollably that that's what it used to be like in Palestine Jesus he always used illustrations of something that he could see the parables is, is a story of something that 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 was walking by when he when he talked about the sheep and so forth they was they was they were sheep that was in the distance where he could see when he spoke this particular parable I believe that there was a woman there in Palestine that wore a cap and it was a cap that they wore like a little bonnet like what they call a little bonnet like and it had these coins on it there were ten coins upon it and when Jesus looked and when he looked at something to say about it he, he probably pinpoint said if the woman would lose one part of her diary the ten coins represented many aspects and I want to just hit just some of them here but the the ten coins was it was her if a woman wore ten silver coins around her cap it meant that she was pure she was a virgin she was ready for the bride she was ready to be a bride amen she was ready to 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 be asked you see but if she only had nine she was one short of being what she should be and she'd be an outcast because in the days of old if a woman wasn't a virgin in the days of old I mean they was an outcast they they was they was cast out and so he was speaking about he said what would happen to this woman if she lost one of them she would seek diligently till she found it you see in the days of Palestine and when women wore these little bonds and so forth the coins there it represented something you see the adorning of the Holy Ghost should represent something in us the women with the long hair and the men with the uh, the godly attire and so forth should represent something it should represent the purity of what God really is I want you to I want you to stay with me for a few minutes here I want you to look what she did either what woman have ten pieces of silver if she lose one piece there was ten coins and uh, he was speaking about one was lost and I and I, I don't know uh, maybe God will deal with me I'll preach on another time but I still believe that each one of these coins represented something the power of God the Spirit of God and all the nine would represent what the uh, what this one bit thing represented because you can't have the fruit of the Spirit without the Holy Ghost and so but there was one that was missing there so she realized she was incomplete she was not like she needed to be in the days of Palestine they built a home but there wasn't windows in it like we have in our homes today it was dark very dark and because of the darkness that came into the little room she did not she could not when the coin become lost she couldn't find it on her own means now let me tell you something you can't find your faults you don't want someone else telling your faults but you can find them when you pray when you light a light a candle Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the candle represents the light and when she lit a light to begin to look in a dark place we're living in a dark perverted world and we got to light a candle to see to pick up the things that is valuable for us and when she when she began to look she couldn't see because it was dark 
and every one of us fall in the same category. We cannot, we cannot find, I mean, we say, oh, I need something. Preacher, can you tell me what I need? If I told you to pray through, you'd say, oh, preacher, oh, pastor, don't tell me that. But if we'd be prayed through, we would have the completeness of joy that we need to have, and we could care less about a lot of other things, which doesn't amount to a whole lot. But what the Lord's trying to bring to us tonight, and, I, and let me just put it this way, there's something missing. There's something missing that causes us to be up and down, like a thermometer, you see. There's something missing that, that we need to bring back the basics of our walk with God. Amen. I mean, the, the boldness of, of loving God and walking with God. I remember when a woman came into my, our home place and, my, and she began to talk about the pastor. And my wife, my, my mother said, you're lying. And furthermore, you get out of my house and don't you ever come back here again as long as you live. I don't want to see you here. You need to go pray through. You need to go talk to the pastor right now and pray through. But nowadays we want to reason it out. We want to wonder whether that's right or whether that's wrong or not. See, there's something, there's something of the validity, of the value of a coin, you see. Now, let me just bring it this way. Now, I like to use mother and dad a lot because mother and dad were, they had a lot of ethics and principles of things. And one thing that, I want to tell you one thing, but it was my, if my daddy was here tonight and he would tell you there was one man, there'll never be another man that ever lived on the face of the earth that would ever take this man's place. And that was the man that witnessed to him. That was the man that baptized him. That was the man that prayed him through the Holy Ghost. And to the very day he died, all he ever talked was he built his world and his life around that man. He thought there was no man that ever lived on the face of the earth that could ever come close to what that man was. And he would tell you with tears in his eyes of a love and a compassion for that man. And there was nothing that he would not do for that man because of that love. You know, it's, love is cheap nowadays, very cheap. Young people, they just look at one and say, oh, I love you. They don't love you. They just want what they can get. That's all they, it's, 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 it's such cheap love the way we're living nowadays. Really, I'm serious. When someone says, I love you, it's cheap love. Oh, please don't misunderstand me tonight. But what I'm trying to tell you that the real love is cheap love. The real love for him is cheap love. If it doesn't cost me anything, I'll love him. If I can do what I want to do, I'll love him. It's cheap love. If, if I can just do what I want to do, I have no problem. That's cheap love. You see, something missing. Something missing. Something missing. It's like living a common law marriage. You want all the benefits of marriage, but you don't want to get married because you know that there's obligations and everything that goes with that little piece of paper. That's the reason why they want to live together and so forth. They don't want to get married because they just want to do what they want to do and they don't have no obligation. Don't want no children because they don't pay no alimony or anything like that, you see. It's just in case it doesn't work, you see. But I want to tell you what. When, it, when, when he found me, I didn't find him. When he found me and he put his big arms around me, I love you, Lord. I love you. It doesn't matter, Lord, anymore. I just love you. I love you. 
And this, and this woman right here, she lost the piece. It wasn't very valuable to her till she wanted it, you see. It wasn't valuable to her because there was, there was one, and if, her, and if her boyfriend had come by, she had one coin less than her diary of being the purity she should be, and she lost it because of her negligence. And so she began to seek diligence. She realized, you know, she's just like, man, I want a healing. Ooh, ooh, glory, let's pray. Let's have prayer. Man, let's fast seven days. Man, let's, let's get with it. I mean, I, got, I need something from God. You know, that's cheap love. That's cheap love. Really, that's cheap love. Real love is just like the marriage vows. Through sickness and health, the richer for poor, till death, do us part. No matter how big or how little, how skinny or whatever, it's death, do us part. Something about love. It's a dimension that, that no man has been able to really coin enough words to be able to portray what really real love really is all about. And what he was, what the Lord was really speaking about was this woman had lost one of her coins and it just didn't have the value that it used to have. Because if it had the value, she'd have walked down the street every few minutes, she took it off, she said, one, two, three, four. Yeah, they're all there. Whoop, glory. You know. Amen. It wouldn't be, let me put this, the real value wouldn't be, well, if I feel him, okay. If I don't feel him, it's still okay. The value of the coins, the value of the coins. The value of the ten coins meant that the perfect love and harmony of God. Loving God. I think some of us need to count them once in a while. God, do I love you like I used to love you? Have I got to love? It should be, we should grow in grace and knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. We should not sit still in our walk with God. We should not see what, you know, what we, how less we can do, but how much that we can do for him, you know. Amen. And so when the Lord looked at this woman and saw said, he just looked at her, he said, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver? Probably looked at woman over there, she had one, she had this little bonnet on. And he said, if she'd lose one, does she not light a candle and, and, and sweep the house? I want, let me just go back to the light and the candle just for a minute. I, I preached on bugs and joy here a couple times, but why is it that when you, if you got bugs in your house, when you turn the light on, they just, man, they run every crevice, little, man, they go everywhere. But when the light's on, I mean, they, they're hid, you know. They love the darkness. And that's the same way that so many times when the preacher begins to preach and we get our feelings hurt and so forth, that there's something really wrong with us, really. There's, I mean, somebody flips the light on and, and the bugs start, you know, the real nature. The real nature that we really are. The bugs start crawling out of the crevices and so forth. And she knew that if she could light a candle, if she could light it, then she could see real clearly where the lost piece was at. And that's what the Lord's trying to tell us tonight. If we light a candle, we could find out where the, the real, what we really lost. Now, I, I really, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that this generation has lost. We've lost, we've lost things and the church world has lost things that never be regained. Number one, the respect for the house of God and the respect even for the man of God. 
because I mean he's just an ordinary person anyway I mean and because of the of the filth and the things that we have read and saw and heard the respect really is just it's just not there he just he's he's human you see that we lost a coin we lost a coin and then we begin to make the validity of it when when is is that God or is that him you know what he's preaching is that really God or is that is that what he thinks the validity of it or it used to be that it didn't matter what he said I mean it's just that's God that's God speaking that's God's man speaking you see we've lost a lot of things really we really have we've lost a lot of things and I kind of just said from Bob we've lost that deep joy that real love that real joy we've lost it I don't I really I don't know what how God I know God's not pleased I know he's not pleased that we we come in late never pray never weep never cry never fast never give our heart to God like we need to give I, I know he's displeased and we've lost a coin of love we've lost it many of you have not lost it but a wide majority of the people have lost it we, when we lose this coin of love we learn we, we lose the coin also of not only of loyalty but discernment you see because when we lose that precious coin we don't have the discernment as we need to have to know what is God what is not of God because we should not be as pilgrims and strangers but we should be uh, close enough to God to know what God is actually talking about shall we lift our hands love the Lord together God of heaven we love you oh God I love you tonight God I love you I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Jesus She lit a candle. She said, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. And uh, you know, it seems like that we become revived so easily, and in return we lose it so easily. We can be, I mean, on Sunday night, if the preaching is, I mean, God really blesses and the power of God begins to fall, and and man, we're we are so rejoicing, but yet it seemed like Monday night. We feel like it's just all gone. It just and just barely got enough to get back to to Wednesday night service, you know. And God help us. I'm burdened. I, I really I'm, I'm burdened in my heart. And um, the coin of identity. We've the church world as a whole has lost its coin of identity. You can't tell a saved from a lost person in, in the majority of the churches in our fellowship. You can't, you can't tell the difference. I mean, you don't know which is which because the world has creep, crept in. and, and the, I've, got a, I've got an old bag of coins at home that I've mentioned before, but some of them are so old that you just can't hardly see the, the face on them and just barely may see a date that's real, real dull upon it. You don't really know what it is. don't know whether it's a... Uh, 
a Great Britain coin. You don't know whether it's a Mexican coin. You just don't. You just don't have a very good identity any longer. You know. And the church that he died gave his life for doesn't have much of a mark of identity anymore. I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. I am in the Holy Ghost. That which we used to love so dearly and cherish so dearly has become dim. Has become the cares of the world has become upon us. Everybody say praise the Lord. Revival comes and, and man we become revived and man is so wonderful and great and all of a sudden it seemed like that there's just something that's lacking. Something that's lacking. You know I'm telling you the truth. God help us. God help us. This woman she took, first of all she took and she lit a candle. In other words she opened the door. She opened the door where the light could come in. Jesus Christ is the door. She opened it and where light could come in. She lit that candle and, and she began to look diligently. And she, began, and she couldn't find it immediately because she had to start sweeping. It was under dust. The coin was under the dust. If it hadn't have been, the Lord wouldn't have spoke about the coin. She took and took a broom and swept diligently. They had to be some dust and dirt there. And you see what I'm saying tonight is there's got to be some debris of some kind of dust and dirt and something that's covered the coin up of the identity of the coin. Something has covered it up. And when a floor is not swept and cleaned and you got all kinds of visitors and bugs and everything else that come in because of the floor not being swept. But it'd been, you see, it'd been a long time. This coin just didn't happen just immediately. You see, when a person begins to lose out with God, it doesn't happen immediately. Just little thing, little foxes spoil the vine, little thought here and little thing here, little thing here, little thing here, it begins to add up and add up and add up and add up. And you say, well, finally, oh, what the use, you know. See, it was a little bit of this dirt, a little bit of this dirt, a little bit of this dirt, and a little bit of this dirt. And when she began to look for a coin, she couldn't find the coin because of the dirt. God help us. We can't find an answer really from God. We can't find a real answer from God because there's so much dirt. And the Bible says that, that when she, you say, how do you know when you find the coin? I'll tell you how you know. It's very clearly right here in this parable. When she found it, and I'm going to close. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy. That's going up, verse number nine. Verse number nine is the answer. And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that I had lost. When you really have the full nine pieces, ten pieces of the of the of the choice, amen, the 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 identification of the mark of identification. You won't be able to sleep like you'd ordinary sleep with a child lost, or a husband lost, or a wife lost. 
Come on now. Close friends of yours lost, going to burn in hell forever and forever and forever, and it's just nonchalant. Well, they just don't want to listen to the gospel. No, the reason why is because what you have presented to them looks so negative, and your face looks so bad that they didn't want what you had to begin with. But when they see the agony and the compassion and the praying and the loving of God, you know, just, I'm going to be honest. I believe this is, what, this is the way I do it. I said, can I just tell you how I'd pray? I'd look them right between you and I said, you're killing me. I don't want to see you lost. I love you so much. But I just can't stand to see you lost. I want you to know I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm praying for your soul. And every time I'd see them, I would begin to I would begin to express my love for that soul. What did she say? She said, Rejoice with me. I want to see you rejoice with me. I want to see you get what I've got, Holy Ghost. I want you to have the the real joy and the peace that passes all understanding. How long has it been since you looked at someone and said, I'd love to see you in our church and have the Holy Ghost. I used to go down to Brother Willoughby's shop down and I talked to him for a while. We'd start, I'd start crying. And he'd put his arm around him and he said, Brother Davis, he said, I can't stand to see you cry. How long has it been? Compassion. <laughs> Loving the gospel so much. Preaching won't get it done. Compassion will do it. And when she swept the floor, when she swept it, she began, she saw clearly where the coin was at. And when she found the coin, she began to rejoice. In other words, she began to shout. She began to... Oh, and she began to go to her neighbors. I found it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. What was it like when you first got the Holy Ghost? Man, I mean, it didn't matter where you went. Where you, I got it. You got what? I got the Holy Ghost. You got what? Holy Ghost. Oh, it's wonderful. You need to come down. Oh, man. Oh, what? Oh, it's so wonderful. I found... I found the thing that was missing in my life. I found that which I needed. Come rejoice with me. Come rejoice with me. When she found it, she began to start witnessing. She began to love those that was on the ice. She said, likewise I say unto thee, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. And he brought it all together, just what I told you, of God over one sinner that repented. Sister Terry, would you come? I still believe that the greatest rejoicing of all, and to see someone pray through the Holy Ghost and, and, uh, and feel like that you had a little part in that, just a little part, There's a song I used to hear, you never mentioned Jesus to me, though I met you day by day. And you knew I was astray, but you never mentioned him to me. 
church I'm not I'm not trying to fuss I'm not trying I'm just trying to give you what God gave me to give to you tonight we've missed a coin somewhere we missed one of the most valuable things that God gave us peace and contentment and full assurity of an inheritance I want to receive all my inheritance I really do I don't care about an earthly inheritance I care about a heavenly inheritance do you really want to receive your full inheritance I never forget from Brother Gustanson I know you won't mind me saying it. he said I want to come to your church Brother Davis he said but I just don't want to run and shout I want to do something for God I said by all means brother I wouldn't be content for him to sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there because God's got more God's got more I want him to walk out of here with ten pieces of silver shining and shine so beautifully that the world can see that which he has is so beautiful And I want to tell you, saint of God, I really do love you, but I'm concerned when you're not content and happy. Shall we stand? God, help us to recover that coin tonight. God, in the days to come, God, help us to recover it, God. If you don't have the Holy Ghost tonight, why don't you come and get a beautiful experience with God? If you love Him, if you trust Him, if you believe Him, He'll fill you with the greatest joy in all this world. Shall we lift our hands and praise him tonight? Let's love him. Hallelujah. To break my vow, I promised the Lord that I would make it somehow. Oh, I love him too much. See, we don't have time to run a bus route. We don't have time to witness. We don't have time to pray. We lost a coin. We lost a coin. We lost a coin. Come on, let's everybody come and pray. Let's come and seek the face of God tonight.